The following podcast is brought to you by the Village Zendo. For more information, visit villagezendo.org. Thank you, Kesho. Thank you, Echo. Uh, good morning, everyone, and uh, happy fall. And for those of you who are observing a Rosh Hashanah, uh, happy new year to you, and may it be a healthy and sweet one to you and those you love. Um, I was thinking about our, uh, the talk this morning that I wanted to uh, share with you, and uh, the, uh, what came to mind was uh, from the Gateless Barrier, Case 38, a buffalo passes through a window, and it goes as follows. Goso said, to give an example, if like a buffalo passing through a window, its heads, horns, and forelegs have all passed through. Why is it that it's it's why is it that the tail cannot? There have been a number of writings and essays about the tail. And I was asked thinking about well, well, let's try to look at what is the meaning of that tail for us. And I have to confess, I keep going to want to say T-A-L-E as opposed to T-A-I-L. But uh, they might be related. If we put ourselves in a practice in which to enter uh, and to allow ourselves to be uh, here for the whole world, if we enter with our head, with horns and legs metaphorically, why is it the tail cannot? What is it metaphorically that the tail cannot enter? Or perhaps maybe we should be curious about why the tail doesn't want to enter. It's like an archaeological dig. You know, you can't throw anything away. You have to sift through because as you're sifting through the dirt, precious things come up. So maybe we should begin to ask ourselves, what are those places inside of me that are off limits to others? The signs that read, no trespassing, do not disturb. Or as I like to think of it, I won't enter here if I were you. My guess is that we know something about what it is in those places that we guard quite well. Those places that have stories about who we are and how I, we have come to be and who we define who we are. If I, we investigate those stories, cross into those territories, I, we will no longer exist. Norman Fisher, Roshi, and Zen teacher, wrote an essay titled Stages of Monastic Life. And he writes uh, about eight stages. I won't go into all of them, but I'll just list them for you. It's about the honeymoon, betrayal, disappointment, to explore the, the actual nature of one's commitment, commitment or flight, the dry place, appreciation, religious gratitude, and letting go of everything. I'd like to look at the fifth st stage, the dry place. He writes, Norman Fisher writes, subtly we hold on to life we vow to give up. We don't really escape ancient conditionings. We go on practicing sincerely, but we seem to be getting a little bit dull. 
we have a good grasp of the teachings, or at least we have heard them so often that we seem to grasp them. We're going about feeling okay. But then, Fisher says, this is the hardest stage. It's the hardest stage to appreciate and to cope with. No one, not even teachers, recognize it. Because maybe teachers are going through it themselves. He says, but it's so subtle that if you don't take notice, it could kill us and the community around us. For those of you who are at Fitsatsu on Thursday, this past Thursday, I was deeply touched by Miyoko uh, Roshi's talk about looking at these forbidden places with slowly and compassionately. And she said something in the talk, I thought, well, I've heard this before, but it, it touched me in a way. She says, we're here to heal ourselves, others, and the whole world. When the word world was mentioned, I had this insight that maybe the forbidden places that I don't explore has, also has an impact on the world. Too often we hear that there is no separation. The idea of no self-separation can become a drone, backward background noise. When it becomes this, that's when it becomes poison. That's when we die, and the community around us dies with us. The question I think we need to ask ourselves is, for who do we practice? Do I practice for myself, or do I practice for the world? And only you, individually, can answer that question. But, Fisher would say, these stages are simultaneous and ongoing. They're not linear. He would say, he also says in his article that uh, if you really want to see these stages in, sh in sharp focus, you may want to enter a monastery. But one of the ways to also look at these stages are the landscapes of our hearts which I'd like to believe is on a journey to wholeness. Wholeness, not just for ourselves, but for the world. Not just for ourselves, but for the whole world. For who do we practice? For ourselves or for the whole world? That answer, only you, all 33 of us, can answer individually. But, I'd like to end my brief talk with a quote, and I apologize for the language. It's from John Donne, 16th century English poet. And the title of the poem is, No Man is an Island. I made one edit in the poem. And it goes, No man is an island entire of itself. Every man is a piece of the continent, a part of the main. If a clod be washed away by the sea, the world is less as well as if a promontory were, as of any matter of thy friends, or those are our own. Any man's death diminishes me, because I am involved in mankind. <laughs>